So I have uh, lots of stories about my little nieces and nephews. They're always a great joy to our family and a great source of inspiration to me. Uh, but there's one particular niece I have. Her name is Katie, and she's particularly amazing uh, because she's as flexible as an elastic band. So she does this thing called the splits, which is, I think, medically impossible for most of us. Um, <laughs> due to things called uh, tendons. Uh, well, she can, yeah, but she can just drop to the ground and whack. Uh, incredible, absolutely incredible. And it's great when you see little kids do something that they're proud of or something that they had to work to achieve, right? And then they get this kind of little kind of look on their faces as they're looking around to, just to see are you looking, you know? And it's lovely. It's nice. It's, it's natural. It's normal. It's human that, they, that we, we look for affirmation. You know, we look for... For someone to say, well done, or, you know, fair play to you, some man, Mohan Bukal kind of thing. Like, we, 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 we do, and, and this, while this is important, while this kind of affirmation is important, uh, generally speaking, I think for most people, it's not so much affirmation in general that matters, but it's affirmation from key people. You can see even with like with superstars or with people who are you know famous the world over, they may have sold millions of albums, but if they're not loved by their husband, it's hard, you know, the millions of people who bought their albums just it doesn't really matter. Or you know if if uh, a husband just longs for the for the love of the woman he married his wife but she's just not interested, it doesn't matter if he sells books or if he's a famous sportsman or whatever it may be, it just doesn't really matter so much because there are, there are key people whose attention or affirmation or affection we want. In families, it, those people are often, those key people, generally speaking, are the parents. As kids, we long for the affirmation of our parents to be told, you know, well done, or that, that, that all-important phrase, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Uh, we, we long for it. Some might argue that we do all sorts of crazy things just, just to hear it, just to hear someone say, well done, I'm proud of you. That's... That was incredible. But as I say, those, those key people, those key people especially, because the affirmation of the world without the affirmation of those who we love, I think is worth nothing. In our psalm today, we have this, this beautiful line from uh, Psalm 149. The Lord takes delight in his people. The Lord takes delight in his people. I think for, for us Irish, we, we, we don't. We hear and we go, uh-huh, <laughs> great. Hang on. It says the Lord, so God, this is the Old Testament, right? So the, the, the Psalms are from the Old Testament, therefore we're talking about God the Father. So God the Father takes delight in his people. Now his people, that's not just a kind of, a, I don't know, a intellectual construct. His people are, are, are made up of individuals. Not just the group, but, but like he takes delight in you. So God the Father delights in you. All the affirmation that we want and all the affirmation that we look for and the adulation that we hope to receive maybe one day when we're rich and famous and all that kind of thing uh, pales into insignificance in comparison to having God delight in us. Maybe in our own experience of family, maybe we weren't very much affirmed. Maybe there was an absent parent or two. Or maybe they just felt that the best way to educate their children was to, you know, pressure. 
keep them under pressure, push them, and then they'll achieve greatness. So then any little battle, any little thing that they overcame um, was never considered an actual victory. It's just that, that, that's, that's the way it is now. Life is tough, right? You're going to get beaten down, get used to it, right? And rather than, you know, you've overcome that little challenge, well, don't say little, you've, you've overcome that, you've done that little test now, weren't you great, you're fantastic. No, you've overcome that, that difficulty and well done to you. That was tough. You know, well done, fair play. Uh, sometimes people don't know how to affirm. They think affirming you would make you either proud or complacent or uh, make you not try as hard next time. They often, some people think that if you keep pushing and keep people under pressure, that's how they, they'll achieve greatness. So that's how they'll achieve their maximum potential. Uh, and so sometimes, yeah, parents, parents don't affirm. Uh, and then the kids and the children can just really long for it long for affirmation, long for the attention. I'm here, especially in big families. I'm here, I'm the littlest one. I know everyone else is getting married and going to college. I'm six, I'm here too. You know, it can happen, it can happen. But in all of this, the person who loves us the most, the person who we should love the most, let's not forget that we're supposed to love God even more than parents, wife, kids, friends. The person who we should love the most and the person who absolutely loves us the most delights in us. Delights in you. I just think that's, that's, I just think that's, that's just so consoling. Now, I think we better add a little caveat here. Uh, his love is unconditional. Absolutely. He, loves us, he loved us into existence. So his love is constant. His love does not change. Uh, his delighting in us, I think... If I'm allowed to say it like this, it's, it's similar to, to, to that of parents. Parents love their kids, always, and unconditionally. doesn't mean they love what they do, and doesn't mean they always delight in them, if you know what I mean. Uh, like, sometimes children can just be way out of line. You know, they can be... Uh, they can fight with siblings. They can be very untidy. They can be very cheeky. Uh, they can be very difficult. They can be lazy. Very common. Okay, so in those moments, mommy and daddy aren't saying, oh, isn't that lovely? Johnny hasn't got out, till out of bed until midday again. Oh, we delight in him. No, they're saying that ape is going to waste his life. Okay, <laughs> up out of bed, now you're mowing the lawn. All right, and then when the, when the lawn is mowed, then they might take a little delight. Didn't he mow that very well? Uh, he did love, he did. Johnny, well done, proud of you. You know, so it's, and again, it, I think we have to understand this correctly. It's not that we have to earn God's love. We always have God's love. But God cannot take delight in us if we're in sin. If I've chosen a life that, that hurts me and hurts those around me and hurts my relationship with him, he, he, then he can't delight in that. But it's, it's, not, it's not the same thing as saying he loves me less. His love is not, he is love. Love isn't something he does. It's, it's what he is in his very nature. So he can't not love. But I think we can say that his delighting in us, that, that does depend on us. That does depend on us. He cannot delight in us if, 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 if we hate him. He longs for us. Again, if we're, allowed, if we're allowed to phrase it that way, it's a bit anthropomorphic. But that, that, God, that God could actually does long for, for, for me, who am I? But the lover longs to be loved. He who is love wants love in return. So how do we delight God? What do we have to do? I think it's, it's simple enough. I think we heard it in our gospel yesterday. 
He who loves me keeps my commands. And we will love him. And we will come to him. If we do what God wants, if, if I follow his will, and this isn't him being super controlling or anything, he wants my happiness, he wants my salvation, he wants my ultimate good, heaven. So whatever he asks me to do is, really is good for me. And then when I honestly seek his will, then I think he can delight in me. When I choose to spend time with him, I have free time and I choose to spend it with him in prayer. Or take a, a Bible and flick through until we feel he's calling us to stop and read, read a passage or two or learn it by heart and ask yourself, where, where can I live this? How can I live this? What does it even mean? And then when I come out of the chapel, having had a moment, a time of silence with him, and then there's something that needs to be done. There's someone in the kitchen and they're snowed under plates or there's a dirty floor. Some, I, just, I just clean it up. I choose to serve. I make the world around me better. I see someone who needs a smile or a hug. And I help them. And, and the Lord will always show us. He'll always... Uh, gently guide us as all good teachers as all good fathers do without demoralizing us he'll show us what the next step is because there is always a next step even if you're 90 years of age and you've been in religious life since you were two there is still always another step you know to go that bit further just that bit holier that bit closer to God that bit more disinterested from the world I was thinking today of how how God wants to trust us with so much, right? He wants to trust us with things, but very often he can't because those things, if we got them, even though they may be what we want, if we got them, they would turn us away from him. Okay? And I was thinking of, of one particular man that I know. I won't give away too many details, but uh, a good friend of mine, his name is Jerry, and he's a, a good man, a very, very good man. Right? And the Lord blessed him with intelligence. And he started a business. And the business was greatly successful. So he was able to give employment to a lot of people. And not only that, but he was actually able to help people, uh, aside from the actual employment, uh, between giving them jobs and, um, or subcontracting out things to them, or th through recommendations, contacts. He was able to help an awful lot of people, also financially. He's the kind of guy that I have no... He probably is rich. You wouldn't know. And I don't think he really cares. Because God, God has given him these resources, and for him, they're there to help others. They're to build up this business and help families. Help families get started. Help those who are a little less well off or going through a, a rough patch. You know, just a good, good man. Now, there'll be no monuments built when eventually he goes to God. But I've no doubt someone like that. The Lord can delight in them. You know, I've given you these gifts. I'll say intelligence, and then through that, you built up a good business. So I've blessed that, because I know it will bless all these people around you. And I'm proud of you. My young, my son. Not so young. Uh, my son, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of what you're doing. I delight in you, because you're, what you're doing is you're building up a world, a better world around you, a world of love. All of these simple daily decisions, we either decide for him or we don't. We either decide to build up heaven around us or we don't. 
And if we do, the good Lord, rejected by so many, can take delight in us. So we ask the Lord today to help us to recognize every opportunity to grow in this, this serving, selfless love that he calls us to. That he might delight in us today and every day. Amen.